You are tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, the official podcast for the Atlanta Realtors. We're here to keep you updated with the latest trends, topics, and keep you in the know of our ever-changing Atlanta market. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, our podcast about everything Atlanta real estate. Really appreciate you all joining us today. Uh, my name is Matt LaMarche. I'm your host for today's episode, and I have the distinct pleasure of talking and interviewing um, Christopher Matos Rogers here, who uh, to me not only is a pillar within our ARA community, but also just Atlanta real estate in general. And I think, honestly, you're leading the charge in a very important subject today for everything that we're going to talk about as it relates to green building, sustainability. I mean, I can't wait to take to talk about Teslas and cars, of course, being a car guy, but would love for you just to tell and unpack real quick who you are, how you got involved uh, with the Atlanta Realtors, your designations, and everything that kind of encompasses our topic today. Well, thanks, Matt. I'm glad to be here, and hopefully I can live up to that introduction. <laughs> of so, course, of course. Uh, I have no doubt. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'll start it simply as, as we say in business, right, you need to be a part of your community, whatever mm. that means, whether yeah. it's geographic and special interest. Um, and my involvement with sustainability and ultimately why I got into real estate was because I was in the community, the sustainable community. Um, prior to real estate, I worked in marine biology, actually. So I come from a long line of builders, architects, realtors. So, uh, you know, family business is real <laughs> estate. But I, I went to, to marine biology instead. Mm -hmm. And um, I have that unique perspective. But what's important there is that, you know, you don't make a lot of money in marine biology. <laughs> but I was able to switch to electric. I, I was driving a jacked up Jeep Wrangler. It was fun <laughs> to take that off road. That's what I did on my weekends. But it was four to $500 a month in gas alone, mm -hmm. right? And something had to change on a marine biology salary. <laughs> um, so I did a lot of research. You know, there's a lot of, there was a lot of disinformation out there. A lot of people that hadn't gone electric, but they knew about it, right? They, they mm -hmm. were the experts apparently and said it couldn't happen. So I did take the plunge and the risk and uh, bought my first electric car in the fall of 2014. Mm. It, and the rest is kind of history, right? <laughs> um, but what's most important is that my husband bought electric two weeks later. He, mm. he, I got a Nissan Leaf, he got a BMW i3. So we just we just did it, All right? In. And like we it. lived in a loft in West Midtown. <laughs> and uh, I was able to charge at work. You know, My job was just two miles away, but I was able to charge in the garage. He uh, charged by running a, a 110 volt outlet, you know, extension cord <laughs> under the door of the front of our loft because we were on the sixth floor and the parking deck was right across. Literally, this is like oh, wow. how we did it. But six months later, we bought our, our first house together. And we actually, the majority of our down payment funds were our tax credits from those electric vehicles, oh, wow. right? So talk about the massive wealth building that we've done from at this point, over eight years, we've saved about $40,000 in, in gas and maintenance costs mm -hmm. compared to what we were doing. Um, you know, and now we've built wealth. We bought a house in 2015. Mm -hmm. You can only imagine <laughs> where that value's gone. Um, but that got me really involved because I, one, trying to break the myth of, of this stuff was only expensive. Uh, it was about sacrifice, right? You know, you'd have to give up your experience or performance, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about. <laughs> um, but more importantly, that only people in the know really knew about it and all mm -hmm. the people on the outside didn't. Right. Um, so I got into real estate because we were looking for a house when we, when we were shopping uh, with our tax credits uh, for a house that would be more easily uh, able to handle charging two EV, so it wouldn't mm -hmm. be a massive upgrade, yep. uh, and potentially a long-term candidate to add solar to mm -hmm. help offset our, our uh, EV usage. 
nope, I could not find a realtor mm. in Atlanta <laughs> that, I mean, we got laughs, <laughs> you know, some of those kind of things. Sure. So it was like, yeah. this is clearly a need. Let me go back to the, let me, let me join the mm. family business and let me do this in, in real estate. Mm. Um, and that, that's why I'm here today talk, you know, talking to you. So I love that. Well, I, first of all, I didn't know that. And that's one of the reasons I love this platform is because, you know, you really get to learn a lot more. I mean, you and I have spent countless hours <laughs> in meetings together and board meetings and even on clubhouse and stuff. And that I didn't know the full story. So I appreciate you unpacking that. But also I really want to, the reason I think it's important that people understand, you know, who they're hearing from today, right? Because not only do you practice what you preach in your own world, but now you're starting to get people that are reaching out specifically because of your experience in your own world, in your personal life, and also as an agent, as a realtor here in Atlanta. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, everything sustainability, starting at the very beginning. How did you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make this leap. I'm going to, I'm going to make the jump and I'm going to start helping people that are like me. They're thinking mm -hmm. about, you know, living more sustainably and reducing their car carbon footprint and all that type of stuff. What was the first step you took? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I reflected on, again, being part of that community and realizing, uh, you know, because back in the early days, even though we were thousands of people here in Georgia, you know, you met up at public chargers because it was like, <laughs> you, you know, you, you'd kind of like, it was a little fun, right? Yeah. You'd like try to find the free places you could go to charge because there was actually quite a few around Atlanta in that day. Um, so you'd meet people and then you'd, you would, you know, be on Facebook groups for all this stuff. So it's like, wow, there are a lot of people here. And then increasingly, there are a lot of them that are very much interested in solar and other energy efficiency uh, measures because what happens when you get an electric car is you start getting hyper attentive to your electric bill because mm -hmm. you've been burned for years <laughs> with those 60, 80, $100 fill up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're, what is this going to add? $100 when I plug my car into my bill? And so you start watching it like a hawk. Mm -hmm. um, so, one, you quickly learn that no, it's a fraction of the cost. It's, mm -hmm. you know, usually equivalent to like 50 cents a gallon almost. But, uh, you know, I drive a lot for real estate. It's like 50 bucks a month to my yep. bill. So, a fraction, I save 250, 300 a month. Um, but, being again living it myself and being part of that community i realized that there are people that then they start looking for what else can they do to their house to then lower the bill because suddenly you're you are looking at your utilities like you never were before mm -hmm. uh which is not a bad thing it's, it's a good thing <laughs> and you start realizing how much you can save very quickly mm -hmm. uh, and other benefits so that got me involved and said you know there we were the number two ev market we were right behind California because at that time we had a $5,000 state tax credit. So, and we even had a solar tax credit in, until that time. So we were actually surprisingly a large market and real estate didn't even know it. <laughs> um, so I wanted one to be able to offer an option to people like me that were either buying or selling and having these needs. Um, but more importantly, and that's why I'm here at ARA is I needed other realtors to know, mm -hmm. right? It's a big market. Nobody is ever going to, you know, run it by themselves and nobody should. Right. Um, and so I wanted to have that conversation in the realtor industry here in Atlanta. And seven years later, it's more than I ever imagined it would be. So it's, it's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, so, you know, obviously seven, eight years ago, things were very, very different than they are today. I mean, EVs much more widely accepted. The technology has also transformed. The batteries are lasting longer and going faster and everything else, not just within the cars, but even with solar panels, that, that technology has in, increased and improved quite a bit. So talk to us about kind of like the current state of 
you know, sustainability in Atlanta. What what are the latest and greatest that are currently available? Um, and then we'll kind of transition into like the future, where you think all of this is going to go as it relates to, you know, if I buy a 1950s mid-century modern home, what can I do, you know, that's reasonably cost effective, but is going to reduce my carbon footprint and will also make it maybe even more appealing to a potential buyer later on? Yeah, those, those are great questions. Um, so first and foremost, like you said, I mean, the options are out there. The technology just keeps uh, growing um, as we scale, right? Mm -hmm. Prices come down. Um, ver most importantly, variety of, of mm. platforms, right? I've yeah. got a, a reservation for a Rivian, so I'll be going, you know, <laughs> SUV truck, and I've been sedans all this time. Um, you know, and that's a very important segment for us to get into the more of the what Americans drive: big trucks, big, big <laughs> SUVs. And what's exciting is when, when we go there, then we can start talking about all the other fringe benefits instead of the why nots. Mm -hmm. We can talk about the why because, right? Yeah. And so, like the Ford F one fifty, you know, the Rivian. Um, it also brings up the very important aspect that a lot of this stuff is being manufactured in Georgia. You know, mm -hmm. F-150 batteries are manufactured in Commerce, Georgia, and they're also sent to Volkswagen and Chattanooga for their electric SUV. Mm -hmm. uh, Rivian is building their second plant here in Georgia. Um, so the bottom line is there's, there's more options than ever. We still, do we have a price issue? Still, yes, we do. Um, and especially with tax credits reaching maturity and we no longer have a state tax credit. Um, but there's more options than ever. They mm -hmm. actually fit more people than they ever did. And, you know, going back to those original electric vehicles we had in 2015 and 16, they were 80 mile range. <laughs> they were small four doors. And actually the BMW is like a two door with suicides. Yeah. <laughs> but we were able, I was able to sell real estate all across Atlanta, 20,000 miles a year in an 80 mile range car. Mm. I know that people think that's impossible. It is impossible. Uh, we, rose, we, we raised two teenagers with, uh, you know, high school, middle school, extracurriculars doing real estate during the day on an 80 mile range car. Like a normal life, you mean? Yes. Yeah. And so it's always, you know, when people say it's impossible, I'm like, yes, there are certainly outliers sure. where things are more difficult, but I'm a, I'm still a pretty extreme use case. Um, <laughs> And, and, and we made it work. And again, have the biggest thing is just the performance. Yeah. You know, people think that, again, going back to the sacrifice, uh, they're just fun to drive. Mm -hmm. I'm Like you, I'm a car guy. Yeah. Um, the most emotionless car purchase I ever had was my Nissan Leaf. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> coming from a Jeep Wrangler to that thing was, was a change, but sure. I was like, this is a smart financial move. This is going <laughs> to save me $500 a month immediately. Right. Right. I'd be willing to do that for yeah. that. Yeah. But, and, and you know, my, I did a two-year lease, and I was like, turn this thing in. If there's another tax credit still, I'll do it again in two years. Mm -hmm. That went away, unfortunately. But yeah. I ended up loving that car. Yeah. And I bought it at the <laughs> end of the lease. So, nice. I mean, that's how much of a convert that I did become. And ultimately, you know, now, now we both drive Teslas. But, uh, I mean, and talk about that. I mean, my Tesla, I bought certified pre-owned from Tesla. And it was three years old when I bought it five years ago. So, it's now, it's just over eight years old. It's got 140,000 miles on it still on the original battery. So when we talk about some of these things like uh, batteries, are there one-offs? Yes, just like everything. You right. know, there's a certain amount of lemons or things that fail prematurely, but my car, uh, and, and what's more important is that car is 10 years old. Mm. My car my car itself is eight years old, but they've been manufacturing it yeah. in that way yeah. for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And that technology is still super relevant. Right. You know, and, and most, we're just now starting to get where other manufacturers are hitting like the 300 mile mark. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's still very, very few, mm -hmm. but my car still gets, you know, mid 200 mile range. I get, you know, fast supercharging on Tesla's network. 
Uh, I almost never have to supercharge, uh, except like when we go to Nashville next mm -hmm. week. Um, but that's a 10-year-old car. So it just kind of shows like the longevity. They work, they have super low maintenance, almost mm -hmm. nothing to replace other than tires really, and filling up the, the windshield washer fluid. Um, <laughs> but they really do, they last a long, long time. And that's the most important thing for people to understand. It's not, it's not your phone where the battery is, is degraded in a year or two. Sure. I love that. Well, and, you know, again, I, I love the fact that you've just, you know, gone full into it. It's like all in. There's, that's the only way to do it, Matt. <laughs> well, I love that. Not, and again, not just as a, a personal case study, but also on the professional side, because I'm sure there's a lot of real estate agents that are like, yeah, Chris, it sounds great, but like, I drive 21,000 miles a year, <laughs> right? But, um, well, so kind of shifting gears a little bit, no pun intended. Um, there are you know, no gears in the <laughs> One speed transmission. One there is no transmission. Right. So, you know, a lot of realtors out there, and especially in the last three or four years, we've seen an enormous number of new agents come into ARA here. But just in the ind industry in general, and I'm sure there will be people from other geographies listening into this as well that will appreciate your answer to this. But if, if they're overwhelmed by the idea of sustainability, especially in our world where there is solar and there is electric and there is gas and there's all these options, where do you recommend they start? Like, is there a designation? Is there a CE they can take? What, how would you recommend if you could go back and start all over again, especially with today, like what we have available to us today, where would you start and kind of dipping your toe into the water? Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk on two aspects. Sure. So we'll start with the education side. And, and number one is the green designation, NAR's green designation. It's been around for a decade or more, and it does have re iterations. Uh, I just helped refresh it at the end of 2021. Uh, so it is relevant and still fresh. Um, that can be done online. There's also a lot of in-person classes done. So when you go to uh, green.realtor, uh, mm -hmm. you can check out the designation and, and find in-person classes. There's also uh, some mini short uh, sessions that are like, uh, we kind of made them for millennials, right? So they're like, <laughs> I think 10 minutes and there's 10 of them that you can take modules. Nice. Uh, NAR is also currently finalizing this awesome new one hour program that's gonna be available by November on introduction to uh, sustainability, sustainability and resiliency for agents. And I helped participate in that a little bit as well. Uh, those are great tools, but more often than not, really, it's not, it's not even the education. It's look at your own life mm -hmm. and your business, more importantly. And what are your opportunities to add some of these, right? Mm -hmm. It could be electric vehicles. It could be solar panels on your house. It could be simply just retrofitting your house with, uh, you know, better air sealing, better insulation, uh, switching to all electric and ditching gas in your house. Um, do some of these things because one, uh, you just got to pick somewhere to start. This is sure. a journey, right? Yeah. It's never just a, I did it, right. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, I'm, you know, seven years in the business now and I started a little before and it's an ongoing journey mm -hmm. for me. Um, and I think that's really important too, because for most people, it's not going to be, you know, some huge cash dump that they make on their house. It's going to be replacing things like replacing your furnace when it goes out with a mini, you know, with a heat pump um, and make it more realistic. One, so you can share your journey. That mm -hmm. creates a lot of content yeah, opportunities uh, for your business. Um, but ultimately, having that first-hand experience is what gives you the really the education, even more than what the, the courses can do. Um, it's that first-hand experience, first-hand knowledge of the whole process, what you did with rebates, what you did with tax credits, you know, how you picked the model you picked. Um, there's just, again, and it all goes back to content. This is all stuff for you to share. So you're not having to do scammy things like sending people CMAs, but that, you know what, they will reach out to you. They'll be like, 
you know, my furnace is kind of going out or my, you know, I, a lot of people are talking about induction cooking. Um, and when they see you talk about that, they reach out to you organically, you know, mm-hmm. so those are some of those things like, you know, I do it cause I'm trying to, you know, share sure. and, and, and support the community, but it also has those benefits of so people constantly reach out to me and say, you know, who do you know that does solar? Who do you know that does, you know, uh, insulation and other, all these projects? Um, you know, and I'm continuing to reap the benefits myself with, you know, lower in- energy bills, greater comfort, you know, fewer pests in my house, better air quality and, and breathing, uh, which has been, you know, more heightened attention since the pandemic, right? Sure. Um, so understanding all of those benefits allows you to help clients so that you realize that not everybody says, I want a green home. Right. I want a sustainable home. Uh, and NAR and, and the National Association of Home Builders have a great tool on this called Energy no, home performance counts dot info. Uh, and that is a website geared toward the public, but there's also for practitioners, for agents and builders. And they go into detail of, you know, what does a client ask that means sustainability? So when somebody comes to you and says air quality matters, mm-hmm. you know, I can't be near a highway or uh, my kid has breathing problems. That's a high performance home issue, yeah. issue because high performance homes are tight. They have great filtration. They're not leaky and drafty like a standard home. Uh, somebody could ask you, well, every, almost everybody asks about utility bills mm-hmm. some, somewhere along the process. Sure. That's an energy efficiency and a high-performance home issue. And the solutions to a high bill are some of these techniques. So if you've done them yourself, then you kind of know the process and you can even re, you know refer vendors. Yeah, I love that because, you know, what, what you mentioned there, you know, this is a great touch point for our realtors because if they're starting this journey, their clients in most cases are a lot like them, right? I mean, I've found that. Most of my clients have young families, you know, or just a little older, a little younger than I am, but they're kind of in that same stage. And they're they're thinking a lot about, you know, what you just said. And, and I think there's a great point there that, you know, how do you communicate this or how do you find the relative content? Well, Everyone loves to save money. Yes. No, that is, that's everybody <laughs> loves to save money. It's the easiest place to start, right? Yes. <laughs> so I love that you mentioned that. And I think that's really valuable. And so especially, I mean, you used the term there, high performance home. What does that mean to you? Because I, I've heard you talk about it a little bit before and what the industry or what our peers kind of call it. But what does it mean to you? Yeah. So a little bit of it is changing from those terms, right? Because green has been politicized. <laughs> green has been brandished. Mm-hmm. And the truth is... Um, not everything necessarily is on its own. Like a smart home, for example, is not really green. There are right. some, you know, issues with it. Um, but high performance is exactly what it's doing. It is performing at a higher level, whether that is on energy efficiency, whether that is on, um, you know, ventilation and air quality. It is performing better from some some other aspect. Mm-hmm. And I love it, too, because, you know, I always bring it back to Tesla analogies because more people get it. But yeah. it's like, you know, if you compare a Tesla to another ga- a gas car, it's just a different experience. It's different, but honestly, it's a much more premium experience, right? You know, you're not having to go to gas stations. They're wicked fast. They're just smooth. Um, and when you when you live that life, there's a lot of like periphery benefits sure. that you don't get until you live it. And that's, that's what a high performance house does too. It just performs better on whether it's resources, 
or more importantly, uh, what's to sell for realtors, we sell lifestyle, is what is the experience of the occupants? Mm -hmm. Is it, again, better indoor air quality so you feel better, have better wellness? Um, is it, you know, saving money every month on your, on your bill? And more importantly now is resilience, right? Um, you know, we do live in the city of trees or what, what exactly the term <laughs> is, but you know, we have a lot of trees fall and take out power on sunny days, <laughs> you know, and more even increasingly when we have storms. Um, so, you know, home battery backup is still relatively new. It's a fairly nascent market, but it's scaling quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's going to be the next big thing. Um, and especially when paired with solar, you can do some massive, massive arbitrage mm -hmm. on your power bill. And I mentioned at trade show, um, you know, people need to prepare. Um, power rates will be changing, and it's not because of you know green power or anything like that. Uh, the, Georgia Power is regulated in the state by the Public Service Commission, and they have now twice. They have every three years they have a, a plan that they they put out, and the Service Commission tells them what they can and can't do. Now for two consecutive of these sessions, they have tried to drop our flat bill, meaning like, you know, whether you use power at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday or 11 on a Saturday, it's always that same rate, right, mm -hmm. per kilowatt hour. Um, that is going away. It's not immediate, um, but, you know, and I've had commissioners tell me with my work with them, it's going away. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Georgia Power has, um, again, proposed it, it's sort of like the warming, right? You know, the frog, we're going to raise right. the temperature a little bit. Um, and so performance is going to matter even more because the way to avoid the highest rates is going to be from uh, devices to control your biggest consumers and have them charge on low peak times. Mm -hmm. uh, insulation and air sealing is going to matter so that you could potentially either run your AC much lower or even have it off mm -hmm. uh, during those high demand times. And you want to be able to keep the heat out or in, whichever yeah. Yeah. you're trying to do. Um, so the people who are going to experience that best are the ones who have a higher performance home. You're going to see more interest. You know, the also the Inflation Reduction Act just passed last or this week, actually. Um, that has massive uh, array of tax credits for all income levels. Mm -hmm. and, and what's really awesome is they really have focused on low to moderate income folks. Mm -hmm. So there's now programs in there for, for rebates and, and other cash incentives to do a lot of these, you know, from switch, fuel switching their appliances to even adding windows and insulation. So we're going to get those questions. Yeah. You know, people are ready to tap that money. Um, and, and we're all using our homes different since COVID. We're home more generally, mm -hmm. and so our usage is up more. Yeah. Uh, and these time of use rates will affect us more. And we're even seeing it um, with new construction. I mean, mm -hmm. Georgia Power silently started doing last year, and I haven't heard talk in our community about you know, having our agents be aware, is they were opting in new construction homes when they connected power for that first time buyer, they were opted into time of use, which mm -hmm. meant, you know, their rates would change based yeah. on the hour. Um, but I didn't hear anything from our, our industry come either. out about that. <laughs> and there's another proposal to kind of expand that in this new rate plan. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's something for us to be aware of and not have clients be surprised yeah. when they get their first power bill. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I did not hear about that. Interesting. Well, yeah. so, you know, obviously there's also a lot of consumers that listen to this. I'm, I'm curious for me personally and as, as well for them, you know, what, what can I do and, and how is this going to impact the value of my home? Because obviously, especially in the last two and a half, what, almost three years now, we've seen a substantial increase in value across mm -hmm. the board, Metro Atlanta as a whole. But when I talk about solar, when I talk about electric backup or 
even a gas generator for all, uh, for all intents and purposes. I mean, you know, not most homes have most of these things. Yeah. So I got to believe there's a challenge there in valuating, you know, some of this to a particular home, even in a particular area, because I got to believe different parts of Atlanta probably attract more of this than others, um, especially as it's still fairly new um, here. But talk to us a little bit about the, um, you know, the valuation. How do you value uh, solar panels? How do you look at an electric water heater, tankless water heater versus a gas one? I mean, do you do you walk your clients through that? And is there anything consumers should know or be thinking about? Yeah, no, this is a great question. And and, and really, it's, it's super important. This is one reason for agents to go and get education like the mm. green designation, because it's going to explain all of this in more detail. Uh, first of all, you as an agent, can't really assign like a full value on it. Um, but I will tell you that green features owned solar, not leased solar, mm -hmm. but owned solar, which is majority here in Georgia. Yep. Um, and then when they have a whole house certification, so a whole house approach to energy efficiency that has been coming, they've come in, they've third party tested, they've, you know, it's scientifically proven um, and documented. Those are things that add value. Now, the problem is, is that a lot of agents in Atlanta, if you don't encounter it frequently, um, you're then, you know, you believe these things. Or we have folks, for example, that, um, Again, going back to the EV thing, there's a lot of disinformation. There's a lot of mm -hmm. people that do act like they do know something because they heard it from Bob, who heard it from this person, and it's all gospel. Um, but that's where we as an industry have to step up because one of the big things is helping people when they make investments in their property that have real benefits is when and if they need to sell, we have to market it correctly. Right. Um, you know, I, I go back to anybody who's been in the business before 2019 or before 2020. <laughs> um, you remember that houses sold a little slower, right? <laughs> 14 to 30 days on market was okay. Yeah. And you, and, and not even in a green property, would get somebody who would come in and they might lowball, send a lowball offer in. And their th reason was is because, you know, they didn't really match up with the property, but they were willing to make it work if mm -hmm. maybe there was another 20,000 off the price, sure. right? And you have to be competent enough in your business to realize that this person doesn't appreciate something that does add value. And that could be, you know, space, it could be a basement, it could be school location, whatever it is that that is adding value. Um, and you have to be able to go and present that to your seller and your seller's gonna ask questions. And, and it, you know, I, cause I've had some of these exact examples where, you know, we just count, counter them and at a, you know, at what we're willing to do and it's too high for them. So they walk away or we just reject the offer mm -hmm. and you have to know and be a, a experienced professional to know, okay, we're going to put it back on the market. We're going to get more people in here. It's just, we have to get the right buyer, yeah. right? That's the key. And then a week or two later, somebody comes in and gives you a great offer, mm -hmm. right? And had, <laughs> had you, you know, your client just accepted this person who was not a good fit, they would have taken less on their property. Yeah. Um, green is much in the same way. Are there some people who don't get it? Sure. Right. It is still fairly nascent, um, but that is your job as a realtor who knows this stuff to uh, as much as you um, market the neighborhood and the amenities that are there and the brand new kitchen remodel and maybe the sky sky deck. You have to say, what is this system has solar? Here's what it's been producing for the mm -hmm. last two years. So you can say, 
on average a month, it's, you know, you print out a graph from the, from the solar controller. Um, you have all the information about the home certificate they did, like if they did a lead or an earthcraft or a pearl certification, uh, you have that. Um, and then there's a green addendum. You know, you make sure that a green certified appraiser is the one who is working on your file. Yes, we can do that. Mm. We can draw hard lines. Um, and that is our role. Is there a little more work? Sure. But, you know, all contracts are a little different. Well, and to your point, the buyer that's looking for that type of home will appreciate it. They'll value it, yes. right? Um, and then the seller, who's also put the money and time and energy into investing in it, will also appreciate it. Yes. I mean, I think your your analogy there with like a kitchen, because if you spend $50,000 on a kitchen renovation, you know that seller loves that kitchen. They picked everything out. Even the hardware was, you know, dreamt about and then yes. <laughs> eventually executed. So I think you're adding value when you know what you're talking about. And you can speak to the changes that it's made for not just that home, but for, like you said earlier, the lifestyle that kind of comes along with it. And yeah. I think you've you've outlined that beautifully. So thank you. Well, for that's that. the problem is that most agents, because they haven't lived this, they don't understand what this certificate means. Yeah. They don't understand... What, what is the value of solar? It could Let's just use an example that a house is producing $100 a month worth of solar. Mm -hmm. For $100 a month for the next 20 years, 25 <laughs> years, that is a value. Yeah. That, that has value, that yeah. lower bill. And, you know, and, and even if we want to talk about the people who maybe they did have a bad experience with mm -hmm. some technology in the past, because there are those folks. Sure. Um, but a lot of these technologies, maybe if you tried them in 93 or in the 80s or before, that's not what we're talking about. All, right. As we said, everything has changed. It would be like if somebody tried the internet in 1993, right? Mm. And it was slow, <laughs> it was loud, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, your mom picked up the phone and it disconnected you. Well, imagine if that person had said, swore off the internet in 93 because that bad experience. And they were out here in 2022 telling us about how pictures load line by line <laughs> and they had never used the internet again. We would probably you know, we have a certain reaction. Right. That is very similar vein to people who talk about, say, a heat pump from the 1980s, right? Mm -hmm. There are always bad technologies, and if you are static, you're yeah. not going to know what's, what you're missing today um, and what you're potentially helping people improve their lives. That's, that's really the key here. We're helping people build wealth uh, and oftentimes have a better experience at home. And if we come from an uninformed or, or past biased place rather than knowing something now, we hold them back from what they could have. Oh, I think there's a lot of congruency too between uh, the real estate market and this technology. Like just as fast as our market is changing, I mean, you know, a month or two ago, interest rates went up a little bit. Everyone was freaking out and buyers were disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> the lenders were like, you know, we don't have anyone filling out new applications right now. Well, that's super similar to the technology because even just a year ago, I mean, we just went through our own smart home, you know, update, if you oh, will, awesome. with a bunch of new LED lights. And like you said, kind of taking that first step. Um, I think that the notion is that it's old technology, that it, it's not as efficient as people say it is or think it is. But to me, the voice control and, and just the automation itself, like when I think about the savings of, of light bulbs alone, and mm -hmm. it's not much. Oh, it's it adds pennies, up. but it adds up when you have a hundred of them around the house, right? Yeah. Um, but I love that you you drew that that same conclusion because I've been thinking a lot about that recently here. That the market, the real estate market here in Atlanta, is very similar to the technology behind solar, behind sustainability here. So I appreciate that. I love that. So obviously, another hot topic to kind of run alongside sustainability here in Atlanta is affordable housing. <laughs> I feel like if you're not talking about affordable housing, you've lost everyone's attention. You're not in touch with what's actually happening here. Our 
average price has jumped from like 375 back two years ago to now over 500, 525,000. Talk to us about affordable housing. Like how does sustainability fit into this? Is that reasonable to assume there are some, some links there or is this just completely lost? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I would say you kind of have two camps, one that completely skims over sustainability as an affordable housing component, and then the others that really see it as that missing equity piece. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we look at the total cost of housing, you know, for a mortgage, you look at your principal and interest taxes and uh, in- insurance, but you totally look over your your utilities. And that is a huge piece, especially for folks who um, are buying, you know, lower priced homes, affordable housing. Um, so it is a big piece of the puzzle that if we can tighten that up and have something more affordable, um, it helps with that that monthly payment, that monthly burden. Um, but on top of that is that affordable housing, it seems like we always go to the lo- lowest common denominator. How can we like value engineer this thing? Um, and so affordable housing becomes cheap housing and mm-hmm. cheap housing is expensive because it requires frequent repair and, and replacement. Um, but there's a lot of examples, and I'm, I'm trying to delve deeper and become more informed myself with this. Uh, but not only you know from the utility aspect of, of improving affordable housing, there's also some massive savings in materials, but in energy mm-hmm. um, and what we use. So for example, if you have a house that is has both electric and gas, um, you are paying your minimums on both. Right? There's an infrastructure charge on both services. And, you know, surprisingly, actually, we have a lot of all-electric homes in Georgia. The Southeast and the Pacific Northwest are the highest concentration of all-electric homes. Um, and I do houses all over Atlanta, and I end up doing a lot of farmland as well. They're usually all-electric. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we like to say that, um, you know, lower-income people are out there subsisting on fuel, but usually they don't have fuel They because the infrastructure is not sure. in their space. Sure. But if you look at options of running only electric to a neighborhood, um, one, you immediately remove a monthly gas charge for $40 to $50 a month, which is just your, your infrastructure charge. It doesn't include your gas usage. That's on top of that. Um, that's one way that we can help people save money. But there's also a recent um, number that was shown in Atlanta Building News, which is the Atlanta Home Builders Magazine for their fall edition. They've got some great green re- um, articles this month. Uh, there's one from Earthcraft, um, and it mentions a, a data that they pulled uh, from an institute, and not running gas to a new typical home would save between $7,500 to $8,200 because you don't have to then run the exhaust piping, the gas supply lines within the structure. So that that is something where you just cut down a, a decent amount of money without making the house cheaper quality, mm-hmm. right? You didn't change the siding or change right. the you know, subflooring or something else that could be a quality issue. Sure. Um, so lots of things like that are, you know, what could we do like that combined with other things and really help solve, you know, not maybe not solve, but improve <laughs> affordable housing. Well, and, you know, I, I saw a stat the other day that said the average home, um, and this is across the United States, costs about $218,000 to build. And, you know, that's a normal three to like, and that's average. So, you know, there's going to be some that are lower, some that are higher, but that's a big jump from what it used to be. And I think that's mm-hmm. a really good point that seven or $8,000 per home, that really starts to add up. And then $600 um, a year in infrastructure yeah. costs for as long as you have that service. Well, and your $100 power bill that you're <laughs> saving, I mean, you know, the, it's brick by brick, just like mm-hmm. we build a house, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I love that. Well, Christopher, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for bringing your wisdom and expertise 
to the subject, uh, to our audience, both realtors and consumers alike. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, is there anything else that you want to, you know, mention or any other follow-up as far as, you know, if someone's looking to get, I know you mentioned a ton of resources earlier as it relates to websites and videos and, um, you know, NARS des designation and everything. So is there anything else though, that if someone's like itching yeah. to get involved in this? We have a very robust sustainability committee here at Atlanta Realtors. It's in its fifth year. We were one of the first local associations uh, in the country to have one. In fact, we kind of mirror NAR because they started their sustainability advisory group in 2018, like, like we did. Um, it's a great group. We get to do some awesome stuff. So check out the sustainability committee. I love it. Perfect. Very good. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it Thank so you. much. Awesome job. Thank you for tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Please subscribe. And for more information on how to get engaged, check us out at atlantarealtors.com. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode.